lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome back to Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Dr. Hakima. And joining me is my sister from another mother. Y'all know who she is, my kindred spirit and co-host of Royal Empress, Akila. Also joining us is a very special co-host, a sister that's a dear sister to me. When they're in the dictionary where they got sister, they got this sister's picture right next to it. Her name is Cassandra Jackson, AKA Sam. Everybody know it's Sam. So you know you dope when don't people don't have to know you better when your they know you by half your name. You know, that's just how cold it's just been. <laughs> well, let me give you a short introduction of my sister. Cassandra Jackson, aka Sam, is a devoted mother, a devoted member of the Order of the Eastern Star. She is a proven leader of black women. I've seen it for myself. She's a health clinic professional that serves in the poverty area, and she will give her right arm for a sister. Call her three in the morning to come get you. She there. Call her three in the morning and say, I need $200. She will have a GoFundMe account set up. She'll have <laughs> half the money. She'll be to call everybody in the neighborhood to get some money to you. This is Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, though, Akila. I have to say it. That's the type of sister she is. She, she'll go all out for you. Now, today's topic is life struggles of young black women due to lack of knowledge of self. This is, is going to be a heavy topic, you all. I, I, I just think it needs to be addressed. And being that Royal Empress has just introduced our Royal Empress Naomi Project, which we are mentoring young Black women, this would be a good topic to kind of discuss right now. So, uh, Sam, I'll go ahead and ask you. I mean, what do you think about that, the life struggles that young Black women experience due to lack of knowledge? Well, I... From my experience in working in the um, healthcare area, I encounter a lot of young women. They, um, I, I know I'm supposed to keep this short, but they feel from just talking to them and seeing them coming in with a broken spirit. If you reach out to them and talk to them and you're meeting them at their level and it's not a discussion toward them, pointing the finger and blaming, they're eager to learn to come out of the process that they're in so much as to break the cycle that they're in where they feel like that they have nowhere else to go or the only thing that they have to offer to make themselves feel whole is giving themselves 
to a man or giving themselves to the um the everyday struggles. They don't I mean they're given different avenues when they come into the clinic about what they can do, but if it's not explained to them, a lot of them don't know because they haven't been taught from um home. Just basic life skills as far as making their um link or the money that they get monthly to last they don't even know how to grocery shop most of them the community i work in is a food desert so they only can go to certain places because they don't have transportation but when you tell them of different things and teach them just basic skills on how to look in a sale paper to um figure out how to make this stuff last once you do that and you take time with them i've found that most of them are receptive and then they come back they're so happy they'll say well i did this this works and then they're eager to learn so i just think that us as if we want to call ourselves seasonal women we should not forget that we need to reach back to grab somebody to pull them along because it's not their fault and they only can um, deal with so much because depression is starting to really take over in our community and it's really affecting them. So when the depression affects them, it's affecting the children. So the cycle is never going to be broken. And what type of clinic do you work at? I work at a um, FQHC clinic, which is a a federally qualified healthcare center, which means we get subsidized from the government to help where it might fall short if they're uninsured or underinsured. So it's, we call it the community health center because that's where it is. And we try to reach them mentally physically and spiritually, but sometimes it's not always feasible to do that because you're trying to do all that to capture them in that one visit because you might not see them anymore or they don't feel comfortable enough to come back because they feel like they're being judged when they come. So it's all about when you meet them. At our clinic, we do what I call, at least on my side, which I work mainly in OB. So they mostly, I see pregnant moms, teen moms, I give them the red carpet treatment. So when they come in, they're, they're treated like they're royalty, basically. It's all about them, at least for that one visit, so that I can get them to come back so they can continue to open up and get the resources that they need. I've noticed that with young people, myself, that many of them are eager to learn when you Talk to them with dignity. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you talk to them like they are actually a, a human being. And one of the things that tends to happen, and even though it affects, I think, young women in general, regardless of socioeconomic conditions, but in particular, a lower income community or segment of our, of our community, are so used to people being rude and, you know, treating them as if, you know, like they're less than. And so you, you couple that with whatever else that they're going through. And I think, it, and that's why we see more issues sometimes in, in our community, in lower, in lower income or, you know, lower socioeconomic um, 
communities simply because of the treatment and you know the, the things that they don't have access to and things that they're just simple things that you're just not taught. And again, I see it across the board. I see it across the board where people seem like it, it, it you know, they can still come from good families and they still, they're struggling because it's still something missing, you know, that we, that, that we don't necessarily get sometimes as young women going, growing up. And I feel like even though, you know, I grew up in a decent home and all of that, but it's, I still learned so much more from other women mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Other mentors, all of that makes a difference. And, and you're exposed because regardless of, of what families we come up in, our exposure is limited to whatever it is that our parents have been exposed to. And so when you open up and you can get around other people, you, you learn more and more and more because there's not a one size fits all. Everybody's not going to know everything, you know, but I definitely see, I see that. I see that with, and even with my own clients, sometimes for me, I'll meet people and it's just like little things that they don't know. And they're like, really? Oh, I can do that. I mean, it's just, it's just simple. And it's just, a lot of it is just conversation, but it's stop looking at people like, oh, you should know this. And if you know it, just teach it. Mm-hmm. It's that whole each one teach one. And, um, but then there are some young people that also have to humble themselves too. Mm-hmm. And not think that they just know it all and nobody can tell them anything. I was one of those uh, young ones that didn't want to hear nothing. I didn't want to hear nothing from my mother. Because I thought I knew, I just, because I had turned 18, I just thought I had the answer for everything. And uh, and what the breakthrough for me was when, uh, not my mom, but, you know, a mentor, someone who had to really show me, since you know everything, why is your life the way it is? She had to really come at me to show me, if you have all the answers, why your life, why are you not happy with the condition that you're living in? And that was an icebreaker for me. That was an eye-opener because... It was a breakthrough. At that point is when I decided to open up to a woman outside of my mother to say, you know what, you're right. Let me really start listening. Because if I had all the answers my life, I wouldn't be seeking answers. So it, it, it opened my mind up. And, and some, sometimes to get to our young people, you have to put that work in. Because this sister spent months trying to reach me, and I wasn't trying to hear her. So sometimes we, as an older sister, we say young sister, we try to talk to them and then it's a one and done type of conversation. We don't really want to, we don't want to put the work in to develop that relationship. And that's something that we got to get away from. It's value there. So we got to put that work in to break through to some of these sisters because it's not going to be easy. We got to build that trust. We got to show them that they really, that we do add value to their life and it could be difficult at times. Well, I'm when you um well I it took someone else to be a mentor to me outside of my mom. I grew up in a I'm not gonna say normal because you can't classify home as normal, but my life was a good life. But I too chose not to want to listen, thinking I was grown and I was in the street and I experienced other things, and it took 
someone else to tell me the same things that my mother told me, but I didn't accept them from her. I accepted them from somebody else. So it took me a while to learn that. And maybe that's why I'm more receptive to and watching people and just knowing for whatever reason, I can tell when it's something wrong with one of the clients when they come in. It can either be a look, a walk, or anything like that. But I had to learn in dealing with them when you have the young ladies that don't want to listen at that point in time or they're not hearing you or if they're in a mode where they're going off and they blame and they're doing everything else, you have to learn or we have to learn as women not to take it personal. We have, that's just their mechanism of dealing with whatever they have on their plate at that time. And it's not personal toward us, but they have no one else to lash out to that they know that's really going to listen and reach back to try to help them. So I think if we're more conscious about that aspect of it, and not just saying that they don't know or they don't want to listen. You can't, like you said, I can, you can't just say it one time and try to reach in there and walk away and say they're not receptive because some take longer than others to get it and some have been damaged so much that it's going to take that work to even get them to open up to trust you. We have women so, that are... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I was, uh, I was, yeah, uh, I'm sitting up thinking with what, what, what you just said, please. There are women that are in their forties and fifties. <laughs> Kayla, stop talking about me. <laughs> I mean, and that, and I, and I can agree with that as well, but I'm just saying if we learn not to take it personal, because right. I mean, have some older friends that's way older than me and I'm like you still in the same place we were in when we were 20 or 19 so then I look at that and I and I keep that in my mind and in the back of the mind when I'm dealing with a younger person that I'm trying to help and then that keeps me calm and not to go in mommy mode or dictation role with her and just like demanding or yelling at her or chastising her because I know it's people that's way older than her that haven't gotten it yet. I just want to be, you know, like a stone she can step on or a pebble she can throw in the water and see the wrinkles, you know, from the water that, okay, this is possible. I can do this. I have somebody in my corner. So I, I don't, press myself on them or any of my beliefs first I listen to them and then I say well okay I listen to you is it okay that you listen to me these are some of the things I think you need to try so how about you try one and you come back and you tell me where we can pick up from this point and I'm not supposed to but because it's me and it's my heart and I have to do what's placed on my heart I'll give them my cell phone number. Like Hakeem said, I don't care if it's two, three o'clock in the morning. I tell him if you just need to scream or yell, call me. You can scream and yell in the phone if that's going to get you to a better place. I just don't want to leave them in the darkness and in that dark place because I've been there. 
and I know how it feels. And I was thankful that somebody reached for me. So I just think as a woman, even though we all may bear our own children or some of us don't have children, that should just be our general nature to want to help another young lady along the way. I'm in full agreement. That's why I say each one, teach one. We, I, I just believe that, that we are, we need each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always disturbed when I hear people say, oh, I, when I hear women say, I don't like other women. Mm. Or I don't get along with other women. And not understanding the power of, of sisterhood and of having somebody that you can call a, a big sister who has some type of knowledge to impart on you. And so when we, you know, when we introduced the topic and we said they lack knowledge, but what type of knowledge is it that they lack? Mm. Um, Good question. Good you know, question. because I mean, there's, I mean, that's, it's, that's general in the sense that, I mean, are we talking about knowledge itself? You can have knowledge itself and still lack knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know true. you can so you can lack knowledge about parenting you can lack knowledge about just how to take care of your body teach. there are so many things that we don't even know that some people don't even know about when you were saying basic life skills that's mm-hmm. a lot don't understand how to pay a bill. Don't understand how to sign a check. Don't know, although nobody's really using check much nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Except for us old school people. But there, there's just, but the, the, the thing is, is that I think what I would love for young women to, to, to understand is that if you don't know something, that it's perfectly okay to ask. And see, and that's, that's the problem. They have been browbeat so much Mm -hmm. that they don't think, they think that asking is going to cause more turmoil or more put down or let down. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason why my clinic, I enforce the red carpet. When they come in there, everybody is on the same playing field. Nobody's no different than anybody else. I, I, I have discussions with them on my own in the waiting room. If you, because a lot of them have problems because the area I work in, they don't have transportation like they do in the city of Chicago. You missed a bus out here, might not get another one two, three, three hours later. Or they can't make their appointment because the transportation that comes with their Medicaid will give them the runaround and say, well, no, we don't have a driver. Well, they know if they're told that and they tell the people at the transportation, oh, no, I'm calling Miss Sand. She's going to make you bring, you know, and they'll call. But they, it's like people, even when you give them the skills to do what they need to do, they're afraid to use those skills because they feel like, if they speak, no one's listening. So I, I, I guess I'm explaining this right because from just sitting talking to them, it and when you say they can have a lack of 
Most of them do have a lack of self-worth. Mm-hmm. That plays a part in it. They don't have basic life skills. And then when they have children, they try to do their best to raise the children. But because of the society we live in, then I'm dealing with the fact that the pediatrician or if they take their baby to the ER wants to call the state, DCFS, because they're saying you didn't do this. So now I'm dealing with, I'm not bringing my kids to the doctor because I don't know what that lady is going to do. Is she going to try to take my child from me? Even though they're not looking at, she might not have the basic parenting skills. So she needs a parenting class or she someone to give her directives to be able to reach out. So when just speaking from the medical aspect of it, yeah, you might give them Medicaid to go to the doctor to take, you know, for their health issues, but who's addressing these life skill tactics that they need to have. And I just think that that all plays on to to the mom or the young lady because they don't know how to navigate through the system. The only way they know how to navigate through the system is to dodge the system or play the system. The system is not designed for these young ladies to even break the cycle because they're not giving them all the tools that they necessarily need to navigate through. Mm -hmm. Wow. You said something very key and that is allowing people to vent and it's I'm going up here write notes because when the, the one thing you said about not taking rejection personal dad i'll be taking it personal like well f you then you know what i mean that's like my that's right. my thinking like hey i got some knowledge for you you don't want it f you i'm not saying it but i'm thinking to myself f you then you know what i mean because i'm taking that rejection personal not really thinking about what well, if she don't know you from adam so she don't trust right. you like, what trust did you build with this sister? So how can you be judgmental on her? And that leads to the next thing that I, that stood out from what you were saying. is Not being judgmental. Let these sisters vent. And if that sister snapping, it ain't on you. It's her frustration. Instead of taking it as if it's an attack, it's just really saying, man, sister, I ain't realize you was hurting like that. Now, how can I help you? is very key and those are those are very instrumental factors in building a strong sisterhood and we're very judgmental with each other you know right and i mean that's something that i learn every day and Mm -hmm. especially working i can say they taught me something the young people taught me how to not be judgmental because listening at what they're saying And then, you know, when you turn on the TV or the news, it's always something negative about that generation. And nobody's, but nobody's listening to them. You hear them, but are you listening to the cries that they're crying out? It's not that they're bad or it's not that they're not willing to learn, but you have to take the whole big picture to see, okay, where is she at with this? Where she at with that? Again, it's it's those basic life skills. They're not equipped with them, and they don't know how to build on them. And then they have a trust issue because everything is designed 
not basic, not against them, but they have so many barriers that they have to try to climb through to even get to a status of saying, well, okay, I feel safe here. Let me stay here for a while to see what I can get from this aspect before it's coming from somewhere else. And when, and to try to make this point, like if I have them in my clinic and they're going through their pregnancy and we're, we're doing the red carpet and I'm trying to help them and we're going through all of this and then you have to take your baby to the pediatrician. Sometimes, and it depends on who the provider is and what they're looking like, because we have to be in my setting where I work. If a provider comes out of school and they work in this setting because they deem it a um, poor area or whatever, their student loans is paid. So they're not even looking at, sometimes you get a bad doctor that don't have bedside manners and it scares them. So the kid never comes back for shots, never do this. And then when they do decide to come back, you're judging them because they didn't come, but nobody asked them about their previous experience. And they're too afraid to report the stuff because they don't think anybody is going to believe them. So I deal with a whole lot of trying to put out fires. So I guess that's why I more of them trust me because I don't have a problem speaking up for the person that I feel that's an underdog. And especially when I feel like you're trying to keep them oppressed. Mm. So it's, it, it goes all back to listening and people can say they listening, but are you really listening? Are you really hearing what they say? So in doing that, we can't be judgmental. It all goes back to that. And you have to be open to what they're saying because they might because sometimes they check me they be like oh you you that's not how you usually be what's wrong with you they can tell when i have (laughs) when i'm in the clinic because if they come in and i'm not talking about my how you doing or what you're doing they like oh no we're gonna have to do something what's wrong with Miss Sam, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, nothing. They'd be like, no, you, you tell them because they look at my body language just like I look at them. So I have to let, and I come back, they'd be like, come on back. You <laughs> can't do this. So you see what I'm saying? So if you, you, it's a wonderful, I, I can't even explain it. I'm about to be in tears right now because they're my babies. And for them to know <laughs> me as well as I know them, you see what I'm, And I mean, and I know it'll work because I see it every day and I feel it every day. And they know when I'm having a bad day. I talk to them about my children. When they get on my nerve, they'll be like, oh, you just got to let him go. He'll come back. He hear you. So <laughs> I'm helping them. So it's, I mean, they bring me joy. I I don't like going to work with somebody else, but I go because I got to see my babies. And I know, (laughs) like, where are you? You, So, I mean, and it's just all about talking to them. And I mean, some of my coworkers get upset because they'll be like, oh no, we can't talk to you. We need to talk to Miss Sand. You know, because they know they weren't giving them around i'm like no you should be able to do this and do that and i don't know my name is on so many people's 
Medicaid thing that I can call and talk for them because that's what they do. You see, and they like, well, no, we you just call them and tell them. So it gives because I know they're learning. And then when they come back and they tell me, well, I went back to school and I got this and I did this and my son is better off because you told me to do them. It it's it's a good thing. And I we have a program at my clinic that's called Centering Pregnancy. I started the program, but somebody else is doing it now. It's where we put a bunch of moms together that's in the same like trimester weeks, if you have it. And the class is their visit, but the class is taught based on what they need. And we teach life skills in this class. We teach them about birth and birth control if you're being battered by your spouse. But the class is really led by them to have so many of them go through that and then they come back and they teach the class to the next set of women. So that opens up a job for them. So we give them like a stifling to do that. We're trying to start with parents. So, I mean, it works if you just take the time with them. Because from when we started it, it was like seven years ago. So all of my babies from seven years, they all surprised and they came back. These children are seven years old. Their moms have went on and finished and done different things. So they come back. They, the ones I taught how to breastfeed, they come back and they teach the other moms how to breastfeed. It gives them a sense of awareness, a sense of self. Um, and they know that they're supposed to help somebody else. So it's just a beautiful, I just think if everybody gets on it, we would be better as a community, better as a people, and it would affect society greater. But, I mean, it'll take time, but just piece by piece, one by one, it's a beautiful thing. Wow. That that has to be an amazing job. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, to be rewarded because you can see, you can see the difference that you're making. But one of the things that it's obvious is that you don't take it personal and you don't have ego in it. And that's the thing. And and you understand that there's something to learn from them too. And I think that's the that's the key for many of us. If we we if we really want to be sisters, sister friends, to, to other women, to younger women, we have to take the ego out of it. But we also have to understand that regardless of what it is you have to offer and teach them, they actually have something to give to you. Mm-hmm. So it's reciprocated. It's reciprocated learning. Yeah. They, they're going to teach you something. Even if it's how to deal with someone else with that same issue, when that next person comes down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. But you're going to learn something. And so we can't be so arrogant or so I don't like other women and understand that there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's still something to get from mentoring. Yeah, mm-hmm. from someone else. And that everybody, no matter what their status or position in life, has something to offer and to teach you. And that's part of it is that we have to move past that aspect of thinking that we know everything and that we're all knowing and, and, and we want to impart wisdom. And then you're offended when, when somebody is not listening, maybe you don't know how to reach them 
because you got to come down off whatever cloud you're on mm, so yeah. that you can relate to that next person. Yes. And that's, that's just the reality of it. But we, a lot of us don't do that. We don't realize. You're no better when you realize that you're no greater than the person next to you. Mm -hmm. Let the then, say amen. <laughs> like I always say, if you just, the hand that you're holding that's next to you, because we do a little circle thing, and I tell them all the time, if you only knew the story of the hand that you're holding, and we just need to keep that in mind. You you don't know what the other person's struggle was or what happened to get them to that point. If only you knew. Yeah. And the only way you're going to know is to have a genuine heart and genuinely reach out and not have not reaching out just to say you did it. Is is the the payback would be to see that person succeed. We have to I think as women we have to learn to um, dance in the storm with, with our sister and also rejoice in her son. That's right. And until we learn to do that, it's going to always be a disconnect. So you have to, there is no reason why a sister should dance in her storm alone. But if you have to dance in that storm alone, it would be nice to know when your sun shine that they're not they're coming as genuine people and not just to steal your shine. So I mean, it's just I, I'm just at a different place. And I think I, I don't mind sharing my story with the young people, the older people, or whatever it is, because in my storm. I know dancing through that storm when I do when now that I'm in the light to continue to have my light, I have to share what that storm was about and why that darkness was there. Mm. Do you feel like when you share that with, with younger people, they relate to you more? Yes. It's amazing. At first I used to be scared and when like I shared with Hakima, I don't like public speaking. And I, and I mean, and I mean, and I know eventually my platform will be me standing on that platform telling my story. But when I'm telling it to a young person or just telling it one on one, it's never my intention. It just happens. Right. And once and once it happens, it's just like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. And then to see that it's helping somebody else, it just makes my light shine even brighter. So. I'm going to continue to tell it when it needs to be told. And no matter if I'm judged or whatever the outcome may be, it's not for anyone to understand my storm or for them to understand my son, but it's for me to share it so every, so someone else can be able to dance in my son with me. And that's where I am in life. And that's why I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to work for other people, but for right now, I got to get to the babies. You see what I'm saying? But in the end result, when I say life skills and things that they need to learn, I, I have things that I want to work on to do that, to be able to give them that 
safe haven in that atmosphere where they can come and feel like they can just open up and get those um, skills that they need or just be able to speak out freely because I think they, they just feel like that they're in a box but they need to be let out of that box and they have so much to offer and to teach other people including me because like I said I learned so much from them they taught me how not to be judgmental Mm-hmm. They taught me how not to judge. Everybody can say you don't judge a book by its cover, but we all know we do. You just like you said, women will say in a minute, "I don't like her." Okay, why you don't like her? Cause her hair long, cause she light skinned, you know, just craziness. And they have taught me to accept people for who they are, where they are, and where they're trying to go. And I thank them for that every day. Yeah. So that takes us to our challenges. Ooh, see, you know what? You know you influenced my challenges, sis, saying you did. Okay, the red carpet treatment is our number one challenge. We have to give each other that red carpet treatment. Now, I'm going to give you credit, though, when I use it, though, saying I am, because I like that. That's nice. How often am I? are we really going out our way to make our sister feel wanted, to make her feel valued. It's something we need to work on. We need mm-hmm. to start showing value to one another. We need to start communicating that value to one another. Sister, I love you. You make a difference in my life. I need you in my life. We need to be more vocal and more co- communicate more about how we feel about one another on a positive level. Challenge number two, don't take rejection personally. I told you that's one I do. I don't like what she said. Okay, we got to get out of that because, like you said, saying that's our sister. She's crying out. She hurt me. Let her go ahead and vent. You, you good, sis? You done? I still love you, though. We got, we got to be able to allow our sisters to vent. The next one is allow sisters to vent with no judgment. Not just allowing our sisters to vent, but without judgment. We have to let our sisters feel comfortable to vent so that they can heal. They can't, they can't heal without venting, and we have to give them that platform. And the last one is teaching is learning. You said we demonstrated that you, you not, when you teach others, you learn because they have, you give them something, and then they give you something in return. Teaching is reciprocated because you learn as you teach. And those are the four challenges. Sam, this is where we give you your last word. Is there any last words you would like to give? And also let our listeners know how they can reach out to you, my sister. Well, I, my last word would be, because I'm I, because of the young people, stop taking things personal and listen. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, my cell phone number is 708. 708- Two zero five six five three seven, and I always have it, and it's always on for venting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you tonight. I'm just gonna scream in the phone. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, it's> fine. <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners, I want to thank you so much for joining in. You got a chance to really hear and get to know a real sister, and I don't speak on sisters like this often. This sister would do what she can to help you, and I love her for this. Thank you all for tuning in this week, and we look forward to you tuning in next week.
for conversations with the Royal Empress. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Impress, please visit the website royalimpress.org. You can also follow the Royal Impress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Impress is a subsidiary of the Royal Impress organization. All rights reserved.